and welcome to Data Disruption. This show is a deep dive into data problems, solutions, and innovations disrupting the private markets. I'm your host, Kaylee Jacoby. Hey everyone, it's Kaylee, and today I'm joined by the co-founder and CEO of Mercatus, Haresh Patel, to discuss macro trends in the private markets. Specifically, we'll be talking about the race private market investors are running to digitalize all of their processes from end to end, from how they raise and deploy money to how they manage their assets and portfolios. In this digital age, those who are able to automate processes in order to make faster and more efficient decisions will certainly become the true industry leaders. Without further ado, Haresh, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Kaylee. Haresh, I'm really excited about our discussion today because I want to hear specifically from you how you see macro trends and forces shaping the private markets over the next decade. Well, Kelly, that's a really good question. And I'm a big fan of history. And I think all we have to do is look at any other industry. It's always subject to disruption and you don't know where it's coming from left field. And if you look at private markets, they just have to look over the fence or look over their, to their sister organization, which was the public markets. And the public markets, if you remember 20, 30 years ago, you would literally see the NASDAQ floor with people shouting and ticker tapes, and it was a mess. And if you look at a trading floor today, there aren't many people, it's computers trading. And so over 30 years, there was a rapid digitalization of trading of commodities. And the private markets are kind of that ticker tape floor now. But there's going to be even a further, more rapid automation of these processes and a compression of time and speed and accuracy that's going to drive what I think the modern investor will look like. But I think that it's going to happen a lot faster. It's not going to take 30 years. It may take 10 years, but 10 years is not a long time. And if you don't do it, as the proverbial word says, you can get Ubered to death. Somebody else will. They'll become a better, faster, more efficient investor, and they'll begin to grab the lion's share of the market. So where do you see the the majority of the potential for opportunity for private marketers investors leveraging the digitization that they're facing? Well, every market has what I call an early adopter. And the early adopters, if they get it right, will end up getting that snowball effect because they'll be differentiated, they'll have a competitive advantage. Sometimes early market leaders, you know, pave the way, but there's a fast follower. And the fast follower will grab the prize. And if you look at the internet, you know, uh, there was a lot of search engines uh, and Netscape was one of the first ones that was out there uh, that ended up, you know, um, kind of winning the war, but Google came along really late and wiped everybody else out. So they were a fast follower. And, um, you know, the same thing will happen in private markets. There will be either an early adopter or somebody who is a fast follower who will come in and just be able to crush their competition because that they're so much faster in making decisions. They're so much more accurate in making their decisions. They'll get the best projects, the best portfolio companies, and they'll do it with a lot less resources. So it's going to, there's going to be a winner out there. And then there's going to be a set of people that will have their head in the sand, like every industry and, uh, like the, Uber and Lyft, then, you know, the yellow taxi looks a bit like a dinosaur. And there will be a bunch of dinosaurs in our industry that will get marginalized and consolidated. Uh, So there'll be a set of winners and a set of losers. And those winners typically come in those early movers or, or fast follower category. And those are already beginning to emerge. So for those investors who are wanting to be 
the ones getting ahead without their head in the sand, what should they really be prioritizing today? Well, I think they should be taking a look at what is the business outcome they're trying to get to and begin to look at where are those business risks, what's going to prevent them from achieving them, and then digging deep and really getting to what's it going to change, what's going to have to change, right? What's the root cause of the problem? Building a really robust uh, specification on how to really get a handle of their data. And there's a systematic process that people have to go through. There's a lot of money wasted today in selection of technology. There's a huge disconnect in that process that a lot of times the executives say, I want to centralize my data. And they're really struggling with what does that mean? How do they translate that to people that actually have to go build and buy that software and build that technology stack? So I think the companies that get that right, where I say, listen, I want to grow at two times the market. I want to improve IRR. My problem is that I can't make good decisions because I don't have data. And then they dig into the processes and they dig into where the inefficiencies are. And they finally says, ah, here's my root cause. Not all that different than, you know, that story that we all read, the fairy tale where, the, you know, you can identify the princess by finding that one P under the 20 mattresses. There's something that's causing irritation. And if who can get to that irritation in that business and define a product around that, that's where things start. And in our opinion, those that really think about data as a strategy, as an architecture and how that data flows from how it's ingested to how it's processed to how it's actually delivered, who get the data architecture right is the pipes. How do they get the data pipes correct under the foundation of their organization? We'll, we'll end up making good choices and getting good return on investment of the technology that they select. So when they're in that technology selection process, you know, what is, what should they be looking for as a key differentiator when they're selecting that technology? Well, there's, there's an interesting, um, I would say, opportunity in the industry. You know, software is only about 40 years old. And software has always been built and bought for, to solve a very specific problem by department. And therein lies the problem, Right. Today, business is done cross-organization, through collaboration, through sharing of information, through sharing of data, and again, getting those data pipes correct. So there's still a propensity of 99% of the world is still looking at, I have a problem, I have a headache, I'm going to go to my local drugstore, and I'm going to buy aspirin. And ultimately, what ends up happening with most customers is that they rapidly then end up having 10, 12, 15 different software solutions and data silos. So quite frankly, what happens is the more data technology they buy, the bigger the data disaster. It's counterintuitive. And so a lot of them are like hitting that wall and saying, wait a minute, I don't have a platform. See, a platform works across the entire organization. A platform allows data to be centralized, allows data to be aggregated, allows collaboration, and it allows a unified extraction point for information. And so I think those companies that realize that there's a platform that's missing in their architecture uh, that really serves the, the, the head of the fund uh, who's either looking to deal, put money to work into deals and opportunities, people in the mid-back office how to process that information and really helping investor relations raise new money. That's a process. It's a full cycle. And very, people, very few people look at it as a end-to-end issue and they get busy solving the quickest fire that's you know, in place. And so I would say, again, some of the fast followers and the early adopters that say, time out, we're going to fundamentally change how we look at data, look at data as an architecture, look at centralization of data and model control and model connectivity. And I'm going to come back to that um, and how we get a systematized workflow 
That's the platform. It works across the entire organization. You solve that once, and then all of a sudden, anytime you have a new flash fire or a new flash problem, you can rapidly address it with, with a platform approach versus a best of breed you know, approach that's gone on for 40 years. So Harish, could you give me maybe a case study on a fund that you saw this really make a difference in their business? And yeah, I think it, especially in, in this year's world of COVID-19, you know, black swans are supposed to come every 20 years. Over here, they seem to come every 20 days. And, um, you know, the public markets, you know right away that the NASDAQ is down 700 points and you can put things on hold right away, right? And, and, and stop the computers from trading, right? In the private markets, you know, it takes 90 days before they can figure out what exactly happened and what might happen if there's a new event. So real time this year, uh, you know, starting with LPs, they started demanding from GPs, like, I need to know now what happened to the valuation of my portfolio, what's likely to happen. And it's taking three, four, five, in up to eight weeks for a lot of our clients to be able to process a simple what if. What if the real estate market has a V-shaped recovery? What if it has a K-shaped recovery? What if it's an L-shaped recovery? What if inflation goes to the roof because we're pumping all this you know, stimulus money in? What if the China trade war with the US causes a change in currency fluctuation between the RMB and the US dollar? These are simple scenarios that right now the best our investors can do is either wait three, four weeks, come back say, eh, I don't know, I want to change a couple of parameters, wait another three, four weeks. And in today's world where we're seeing a black swan event literally every week, and I don't think anybody would argue that I'm, I'm exaggerating, I don't think anybody anticipated the ability to do real-time forward-looking analysis, scenario analysis, valuation analysis, stress testing your portfolios is so valuable. So those early adopters that I talked about and fast followers who are actually investing in technology have already gained a competitive advantage because they're able to, in hours now, literally see the impact and make decisions three, four, five weeks ahead of their other competitors of either buying an asset or buying a portfolio company or selling off an entire portfolio company uh, or refinancing it. These are real-time decisions and three, four weeks in the private markets is the difference of, you know, a millisecond decision in trading a stock versus waiting eight minutes. I mean, it can be a huge variation. So there's a tremendous amount of opportunity here to leverage in this market environment to have your data strategy in place so you can make those real-time decisions faster. So Harish, tell me, what does all of this translate to? Why should someone invest in a data platform today? Well, the future, um, as I said before, is all about disruption, right? And the company that actually gets how to use technology and data as a strategic weapon, as a strategy, is probably going to be maybe even a, just a 10-person firm. And they can do what a 500-person firm can do in a fraction of the time, the fraction of the cost, and do it more accurately. So that nimbleness, the speed, and the accuracy allows them to generate alpha results consistently over and over again. And that's an opportunity for a new fund to emerge to take on some of the biggest brands in the world, or it's a chance for a big brand to say, wait a minute, I'm not going to get Uber to death. I'm actually going to you know, tear down my own business to rebuild it. So I can do it way more efficiently than I do it today, which is primarily email, Excel, people, and duct tape. Awesome. Well, Harish, thanks so much for joining me today. And if anyone is looking to learn more or contact you directly, where should they go? They should go to www 
www.gomercatus.com. We've got a lot of resources for them to educate themselves on how to make decisions around technology, how to help drive, you know, what the spec should look like, uh, why change, why now, why software, and hopefully why Mercatus. There you have it. Thanks so much. Thanks, Kaylee. Thanks for listening to this episode of Data Disruption by Mercatus. If you like what you heard, share and leave us a review. It helps others discover the show, and I thank you for it. And if you'd like additional insights related to this conversation, go to our website at gomercatus.com slash resources. 